Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Matthew, chapter 15. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. One of my favorite movies, one of my favorite movies, I've told you in the past, The Fiddler on the Roof. Have you seen it? Raise your hand if you have. That's a good number of you. If you haven't seen the movie, listen, it's the story of a Jewish peasant family in a small town in Russia. These Russian Jewish people live by tradition. Tevier is the lead character. He is a milkman and a father of three daughters who are looking for husbands. Each of the daughters' marriages are a blow to the Jewish tradition. And so, look at this clip. I love this clip. It's crazy! Times are changing, Reptavia. The thing is, over a year ago, your daughter Seidel and I gave each other a pledge that we would marry. You gave each other a pledge? Yes, Papa. We gave each other our pledge. They gave each other a pledge. Unheard of. Absurd. You gave each other a pledge. Unthinkable. Where do you think you are? In Moscow? In Paris? Where do they think they are? America? What do you think you're doing? You're Stitcher. You're nothing. Who do you think you are? King Solomon? This is the way it's done. Not here, not now. Some things I will not, I cannot tell Tradition. Marriages must be arranged by the Papa. They should never be changed. One little time you pull out the prop, and where does it stop? Where does it stop? Where does it stop? Do I still have something to say about my daughter? Oh, doesn't anyone have to ask a father anymore? I've wanted to ask you for some time, Reptevia. But first, I wanted to save up enough of my own sewing machine so I would you have... stop to... talking nonsense. You are just a poor tailor! That's true, Reptevia, but even a poor tailor is entitled to some happiness. I promise you, Reptevia, your daughter will not starve. Oh, he's beginning to talk like a man. On the other hand, What kind of a match would that be with a poor tailor? On the other hand, he's an honest hard worker. But on the other hand, he has absolutely nothing. On the other hand, things could never get worse for him. They could only get better. (laughs) They gave each other a pledge. Unheard of. Absurd. They gave each other a pledge, unthinkable. 
But look at my daughter's face. She loves him. She wants him. And look at my daughter's eyes. So hopeful. Tradition! It's like one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite scenes. Later on in the movie, as the movie goes on, Tevia is asked how the Jews in Russia maintain their identity in a time of change. He says, tradition. And then he is asked where it came from. He says, I'll tell you, he says, I don't know. Tradition. That's what Jesus is focused on. Jesus is struggling with the traditions of the elders concerning the washing of hands, when in fact, Jesus isn't concerned with the washing of hands at all. He's more concerned with the washing of heart. Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Look at this. Jesus talking about tradition. This chapter, these three verses are going to blow you away. Matthew 15, beginning in verse 1. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Then the scribes and the Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. And he answered in verse 3 and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Underline this, because of your tradition. For God commanded, saying, honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift of God, then he need not honor his father or his mother. Thus you have made, saints, look at this, thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect to you to your traditions, by your traditions. Hypocrites in verse 7. Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrine. Would you read that last part with me? Teaching as doctrine the commandments of men. Stop right there. Give me your attention. If you were with us last week, chapter 14, you remember Jesus was on walking on the water. The disciples were in the midst of a storm. Jesus comes walking up. He gets in the boat. They cross over safely to the shore. And and, and then once they are on the shore, they're involved in ministry again. It is busy for them. People are coming to Jesus to be healed. Some people are touching the hem of his garment to be healed. And they are. And right in the midst of this beautiful, touching moment of people being healed and touching the hem of Jesus' garment, we have the Pharisees and the scribes who walk in with a question about tradition. Now, Mark chapter 7, you got to put these two stories together. You can do that in your own time. Mark chapter 7, verse 20, 1 through 20, actually, tells us that these guys came from Galilee to Jerusalem. We're talking 125 miles here. So these guys travel from Galilee to Jerusalem to hassle Jesus about not insisting that his disciples wash their hands before eating. 
Now, now, don't misunderstand here. They don't have a phobia about clean hands before dinner. Uh, they're not talking about hygiene here. They are upset because of tradition and the tradition of the elders that was broken. Now, you got to understand something before we go any further here. The traditions of the elders were very important in the time of Jesus. Jesus taught the law or the Bible teaches, the Jews taught, that the law was given to Moses on Mount Sinai. But God gave more revelation to Moses that was not written in the scriptures. They call this the oral law. Very important. The oral law. The oral law was passed down by Moses to the elders, and it became what is known as the Mishnah. The Mishnah had 4,789 traditions of the elders. You think you're under a heavy burden of legalism. These guys had 4,000 plus traditions that they were expected to keep. So then the word of the elders became more important than the scriptures. You see where I'm going? Now, in the Mishnah, they had ridiculous things, traditions, ridiculous. For example, you couldn't look in a mirror on the Sabbath because if you did, you might see a gray hair and pull it. And that would be considered working on the Sabbath. If you had false teeth, you could not wear them on the Sabbath because if you did, that was considered carrying a burden on the Sabbath. If you had a prosthetic leg, listen to this. If you had a prosthetic leg and your house caught on fire, you couldn't put it on to get out of the house because you were doing work on the Sabbath. I mean, this is ridiculous stuff. They had things like they had what was known as the, the, the remember I told you about the bump and stumble Pharisees, or they were also called the bruised and bleeding Pharisees. And the reason why is because they were afraid that they couldn't look on a woman. And if they looked on a woman, they would lust after her. And so these Pharisees, these religious people, they would bow their heads and keep their heads down when they walked. And of course, they would bump in the walls and bump in the trees. And so they got the name, the bruised and bleeding Pharisees. I mean, this is crazy stuff. All kinds of laws that no one really could live under. And so the oral law taught that the hands were considered unclean and had to go through a laborious ceremonial cleansing. They would take an eggshell and a half of water, hold their hands up, an eggshell and a half and not more. Hold their hands up and they had to pour the water over their hands and let it run down to the wrist. If it ran down to the arms, you were considered unclean. You had to start all over again. So it had to run down to the wrist. Then they would turn their hands over. Another eggshell and a half of water would run over their hands and drip off of their fingers. And then they were considered unclean or, or clean at that time when they went through the ceremonial cleansing. If they had a five-course meal, a ten-course meal, between each meal, they had to go through this ceremonial cleansing. You would starve by the time you got something to eat. It was terrible. It was religious. It was a burden. And so needless to say, the disciples didn't have time to do this. They were eating on the run, if you will. Because they were busy doing the ministry. Every culture has tradition. Don't misunderstand me. Not all tradition is bad. 
Every culture has their traditions. Every culture, every people. You probably have traditions in your home that you celebrate on Thanksgiving or that you celebrate on Christmas. Not all traditions are bad. Some Many cultures have traditions and, and many people enjoy traditions. But some of them, quite honestly, are pretty meaningless and some even funny. And it's amazing how tradition takes on spirituality. Isn't that a trip? John Calvin, in the days of the Reformation, get this, John Calvin would preach in a large old cathedral in Geneva. And when he preached, he wore a felt hat on his head. Over the years, men in the congregation began to wear felt hats. Sometime later, he heard a couple of men arguing about the importance of felt hats. Well, John Calvin walks in and he walks by and they said, Mr. Calvin, Tell us why it is essential for men to wear felt hats in church. Well, John Calvin said, well, in reality, I've worn my felt hat in church for two reasons. Number one, this large cathedral is drafty and my head gets cold. Number two, there's a group of pigeons that's lodged in the rafters above the pulpit and I wear it to protect my head. And then they went and made spirituality out of wearing felt hats. Choir robes. Choir robes? Have you ever thought about where the history of choir robes came from? I'll tell you. The Roman Empire. Actually, back in Rome. Pardon me, not the Roman Empire, but it was back in Rome. The choir robes came from Rome. It was actually in the three, four hundreds. People would wear robes as their normal clothes. As they sang in the choir, they were wearing their normal clothes. But Christians began to realize that people were showing off their normal clothes, which would be robes. Some rich folks had nice robes. Some poor folks had not so nice robes. And so they said, the Christians said, let every man wear white, simple cotton robes so that no one knows who is rich or who is poor. Now, many times the choir would have just finished a meal together. They would celebrate the agape meal and have just finished a meal together. And they would have food on their mouths and food on their teeth and on their lips and so on and so forth. In the days where there was no toothbrushes or mouthwash or now they got those little cloth things you put over your finger and you just do this. That's weird. (laughs) Go in the bathroom. Folk walk around the mall doing this. I'm like, ha Well, this was before they had these kinds of things. And, and so what they did was they put a stole or a ribbon around the front of the robe to wipe their mouths, to wipe their teeth when their mouths were messy. And as Christians began to move to colder climates, the choir got cold. And so they had bell sleeves added to the robes so they can stick their hands in and warm their hands in the sleeves. Now, today, we believe that choir robes, choirs must have robes with stoles. When in reality, choir robes were peasant clothes with big sleeves to keep hands warm, a stole to wipe your teeth, And your mouth to clean you up. And yet in many churches today, it is something that is sanctimonious and holy and that you must wear a robe if you are in the choir tradition. Interesting. 
And what happens with tradition, tradition begins to take the place of the word of God. And we find ourselves doing things. We don't know why we do them. And then what we say is others aren't as spiritual as we are because they don't do what we do. When in fact, what we do is meaningless and even funny. And yet I project my own liberties or lack thereof on you and you're not doing what I don't do. Therefore, you're less spiritual than I am. When in fact, none of these things have anything to do with the word of God. Amen, saints. And this is the problem that Jesus is having. So the Pharisees come and they're hassling Jesus and questioning Jesus about man-made traditions. And then notice in verse 3 through 9. Did you pick that up in verse 3? Look at it in your Bibles again. Did you pick this up? Notice this here. Now let me tell you something. You are in bad shape when you ask Jesus a question and he answers you with a question you can know you got problems coming. (laughs) You understand that? Say amen. That's not a good thing. Now notice Jesus. You know, it's almost like I was thinking about this. It's almost like when 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 your kids, how many times do you do this? Your kids come to you and they say, they say, mom, dad, can I, can I go out to the movies with my friends? And, And you answer them with a question. You come back with the parental question. Is your room clean? Is the trash out? Is the bathroom clean? Is your homework done? When in reality, I mean, I'm looking for reasons to tell you no. But, but is it, oh yeah, my room clean, yeah, my trash done, yeah, you know, okay. But, but we answer questions oftentimes with a question. Well, Jesus asked them a question. He said, why, look at your Bibles. He said, why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your traditions. And then he quotes Exodus twenty twelve, the Decalogue, honor your father and your mother. And then he quotes Leviticus 20, taking notes, Leviticus 29, verse 9, that says, whosoever curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. Now, I want you to notice something. You cannot miss this. Jesus used, or what did Jesus use? Let me ask you a question. What did Jesus use to combat their tradition? Please say it out loud. Yeah, the word. He used the word of God to combat tradition. He broke their wooden weapons with the sword of the spirit. And the only way for you and I to fight against church tradition, you guessed it, is through the Holy Scriptures. So Jesus uses the authority of the Scripture, and he says, the Bible says this, notice, but you say, whosoever says to his father or mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift of God, and thus you don't need to honor your father or your mother. And then Jesus says, you have made the commandment of God of none effect. What does that mean? Listen, the elders, they taught. If you had something of value, Mark chapter 7, also, if you had something of value, you could use the word Corban. C-O-R-B-A-N, Corban. Corban means that, that, that it's a gift to God. A gift to God. So if you had something of value, you could say, mom, dad, to your parents, mom, dad, you know, mom, dad needs something. And you could say, mom, dad, you know, Corbin, you know, mom says, dad, honey, I need some money. Corbin, honey, I need to live with you. Corbin, honey, can I borrow your car? Corbin, can I borrow your visa? Corbin, 
It was a gift to God, which then released you from the responsibility of having to give it to them. So the elders were making a commandment that supersedes the word of God in their mind. So you didn't you could just release yourself from the responsibility of obeying God's word. They were finding a theological loophole and making the scriptures of none effect. In verse seven, Jesus said, you hypocrite. The word hypocrite in the Greek language is hypocrite. Easy to remember. It means an actor, a mask wearer or to be two faced. And Jesus says, Isaiah describes you to a T. You draw near to me with your mouth. You honor me with your lips, but your hearts are far from me. And how many times, saints, do we find ourselves honoring God with our mouth, honoring God with our lips during worship, going through the motions with no real heart? We call upon the Lord, we sing about the Lord, but our hearts aren't even in the vicinity of the Lord. How many times? Listen, Jesus wants your heart, not just your actions. Amen, saints? He wants your heart, not just what you do. That's why you can give God all the money you want, and it doesn't even touch the throne of God, because he wants your heart not your actions. When he gets your heart, he'll have all your actions. You see, let's be careful as a church not to draw nigh to God with our mouths and our lips, but our hearts are far from him. So Jesus says, not only are you hypocritical, but you're teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. This is heavy. Are you seeing that? This is heavy. How sad it is that many churches today are teaching the commandments of men as if it is doctrine and they lay aside the commandment of God. Isn't that true? How many people reject God's word because they are more interested in the traditions of men? And that is where the church is today, you guys. The church is in a bad place today. We are living in a time when the church has rejected the word of God. We believe we are, we falsely believe that we are a Christian nation. We are a post-Christian nation. Did you know? When you reject the word of God, you're not Christian. And we live in a time where people are rejecting the word of God. I remember one time I was challenging a school board a Christian school board to behave in a way that honors the word of God, that does what God's word says to do as it relates to the discipline in their school. And they flat out told me, and I'm telling you this school was, they were legalistic. Like I, I don't even, I don't even know how I got involved in that. But, but they, were, they were incredibly legalistic, and I knew it. So I'm going to this meeting, and I knew that they didn't like people that had drums in their sanctuary. Oh, my God, if they saw the band this morning, somebody would lose their mind. And so they would just lose their mind. they just go crazy, like, ah, I can't believe it. So, you know, but, but and, and I knew they felt that way. And so, and I knew they didn't like me because I was more of a contemporary. I was probably watered-down pastor or whatever, you know, seeker. And uh, and so I put on a suit to go meet with these people. <laughs> Y'all don't understand how big that is. 
I mean, that's big for me. I mean, I put on my good stuff. I'm like, you know, I don't want them to look at my clothes and go, oh, you ain't no real pastor. Look at you. Look at what you're wearing. Because you know I'd have wore a ball cap and T-shirt, sneaks and sunglasses. I put on my nice clothes. I went to visit with them. I sat down. I said, I understand your position. I said, what I'm asking you to do is to behave in a way that honors God's word, that looks at God's word. Let's look at God's word. I have my Bible. Let's look at God's word. They flat out told me we don't care what that says. We have our church rule book. I said, well, in that case, I'm out of here. Pastor got to go. Got in the car. Matter of fact, I put on my jeans in their bathroom, in their office. (laughs) That's what you get. Could you believe that? I couldn't believe it. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.